Welcome. We're glad you guys are here. A couple of points of business. One, I was really impressed with the fried chicken and macaroni and cheese selection. <laughs> I like the variety that we had. Popeyes, Kroger, Kentucky Fried. We had Kraft macaroni and cheese. Looked like we had some gourmet in there as well. We like all of that. I don't know what all heaven will be like, but I know those two things <laughs> will be on the spread. Another, this is not a criticism, it's just, again, this is a point of direction for you moving forward. Popcorn is not a dessert, does not belong on that table. Huh? It's on, it's on Kim. So, for future, no sugar equals not a dessert. So, you can just keep that in mind as you're preparing for future family dinners or other things during the holidays. I don't want you to be embarrassed when you put popcorn on the dessert table. All right, two things for me. Um, they shared all a lot of the heart stuff in terms of what we're thankful for. They also shared a lot of the details. I thought of two things when I was thinking about the congregation, That two things that I'm thankful for this year. One, generosity, and that's not just money. This is the best year we've ever had in terms of offerings. But I was thinking really time. Time is the most precious resource for most of us. And y'all give your time so generously. Changing diapers, doing PowerPoint, playing guitar, leading small groups, making meals for people, all of the different things that y'all do that are about being the body of Christ, everything in serving and ministry, really am thankful for that. Uh, I listen to other pastors sometimes talk um, about how difficult it is for them to get anybody to do anything. That just hasn't been our experience in eight years, and that's y'all. Y'all have ministry-oriented hearts, and I'm very, very appreciative of that. And the second thing when I was thinking about y'all, um, flexible on the things that don't matter and absolutely committed to things that do. We don't have politics. I've never, no squabbling, no power plays, and that's, it's not us, it's y'all. None of those things happen here. And things that matter, I see people really dig in on the, the stuff that I hear. People are going to come to me with a, a suggestion or some constructive criticism. It's never, it's not about the stains on the carpet or how many songs we sing in worship. It's about where can I find community? How can I help my friend get deeper into relationships with other people? Where are we doing discipleship? How are we getting people out in ministry? It's things that actually matter that keep us on uh, mission. And I appreciate that. Probably the, the snapshot for me this year, back in the summer, um, I, I wish I could remember the Sunday, but I can't. But back in the summer, during worship, we stood up in the middle of worship and we said, we're all going to yell out a name of Jesus all at once. And you may have been here that Sunday, you may have not. And so we, one, two, three, and everybody screamed out whatever name of Jesus was the most personal to them. And that was a turning point for us um, as a church, I feel like that was that that put a new that was a new floor for us in terms of worship. And I feel like it's really changed things for us in terms of the climate. And that's a picture for me. We don't have people arguing about worship style or song selection or those types of things. And we have people going for what matters in worship, even if it's somewhat uncomfortable or unconventional. And so I mean, that's just a picture of y'all to me. And I'm. Truly appreciative and truly thankful that y'all don't, 
you focus on the things that matter and the other things you let go and are very flexible. So what I'm going to give you as a reminder of that is a Twix because they're soft on the outside and crunchy in the middle. So they're going to bring you some Twix candy bars. Feel free to eat them. And as you eat them, remember you're flexible on things that don't matter. You're committed on things that do matter. And this makes my little thank you the best because you actually get to leave with something. <laughs> Real quick, I want to share a couple of things. 741. I want to share a couple of things and uh, hopefully I'll have time to take questions on this if you want. Moving forward, some of you um, are been asking some questions about what's next and where we're going. We've been trying to figure that out. I've been trying to figure that out for for a while, I want to share a little bit about what I think God's stirring in my heart, uh, just so y'all can pray with us. I've said before at these dinners, this is just me talking. This is not, none of this stuff is in concrete at all. Don't hold me to it. I'm just sharing the thoughts that I have right now, the things that I feel like the Lord is stirring in whatever form those things have taken, however solid those things are. And so, uh, with that caveat, let me show you. So this is, I've kind of been working off of this. For a while, we want to see multiplication, which leads to a movement which is required for community transformation. So this is kind of the big picture for me for where what we need to be as a church. Our vision, you can go to the next one, Kim, is to see our community transformed by God. I've defined that individually, people entering into abundant life, which I would say is a rest, work, uh, relationship, rhythm. Community level, the walls of our city, you've heard us talk about those seven areas of influence, church, government, business, school, family, arts, science and medicine. Seeing all of those walls functioning for the common good, that doesn't mean that those have to be Christian. They just need to function as a channel of common grace. God causes his reign to fall on the just and the unjust. So it's this idea that these structures in our society should be channels of God's common grace to everybody who participate. So that's what we want to see. That's massive and it's nebulous at the same time. I think in order to see that happen, we need a movement in our community. And that's how I'm defining movement. The spontaneous generation of ministry in our community outside the formal structures of the church. So the easy way of saying that is people are doing their deal and they're not doing it through the church. It's not running through our staff or the staff of any church. It's got a, a, the church there is capitalized. It's out to me, a movement is a spontaneous, a spontaneous ministry springing up outside the formal structure of all of these organizations with church on their name. It's people listening to the Lord and then engaging with their community under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we want to see. And I think until we see that, we will we'll never truly see our community transform. We can't plan and program community transformation. It's got to be bigger than what we can do as a church or even bigger than what churches can do together formally. It requires all of us to say, God's got a calling on my life, and I'm going to begin to live that out in the places where he's planted me to see a movement. So the first step, and this is where we're trying to focus, we're trying to figure out how to focus here, is multiplication. So on an individual level, multiplication is freely giving away what you've received. So whatever good things God has given to you, wisdom or um, 
knowledge, experience, gifts, whatever good things God has given to you, it's you choosing to give those things away to one other person. That multiplies what God's done in your life. It's taking it from one to two. And if you give it to somebody else, then you've multiplied that gift again. That makes sense. So as that's this whole idea of living as missionaries. What has God given to me? Let me recognize that. And then who is he asking me to give that to? And that's not formal. That means you have to enter into some kind of formal mentor relationship with somebody else. It's just in your daily going about, you recognize what God has given to you, and you look for opportunities to give that away to other people. That's multiplying the grace that God has given to you out to others. And on a corporate level, we talk primarily about church planting. I put dot, dot, dot. I'm beginning to wonder if there are other avenues of corporate multiplication other than church planting, but church planting is one for sure. Can we see the next? Next. So, if you were here back in June, you don't remember this, but we said we wanted to focus on multiplication. That was our goal from June until the end of the year, the last six months. So here's what we did in that regard. We worked towards multiplication and we also added looking for options for addition. I was in June, I was making it an either or. We either add, we either figure out how to make this thing bigger, which is addition, or we figure out how to make this thing another thing, which is multiplication. I made an either or, which was a mistake. The, the right answer is both and. We need to look at both multiplication and addition, and that's what we wound up doing this fall. We go back. So on the multiplication piece, what do we do? First, people have to receive or they've got nothing to give. So we've tried to create some places where people can receive other than Sunday morning. So we do these things called how-tos once a month. We have did deep roots this, um, this fall, which is a place to work on who we are in Christ and what it looks like to listen to him and be led by the Spirit. Uh, we're talking about pursuing a different model for um, elders beginning in January that's focused on the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, teacher roles from Ephesians 4. We talked about that in June as well. I haven't done anything other than continue to kind of solidify that. But our elders have held on longer than they were supposed to, so we need to get that Moving, And then I pursued everyone that I knew who was interested in church planting. I struck out. I was over four. But um, but I, we tried. You know, we tried to do that. So that's what we did on multiplication. And then we also, and we didn't publicize this necessarily. We weren't trying to keep a secret. There just wasn't very much to talk about. We also looked for some, at some different ways of trying to create a little more space. It's pretty tight in here on Sunday mornings. It's tight for David with the middle schoolers at 11. He's got 30 kids in that room right there. And it's gotten tight for Penny with elementary school kids at 11. She has about 82 elementary school kids at 11. And so it's just we're starting to feel this again. And so we're, we, we're just asking, what are some options for us? We talked about a third service. We've talked about that before. No one has ever been excited about it. But we're just asking the Lord, is that what you want for us? To do is that is that a, a way of adding it adds more seats because we can do another service. We talked about expanding this room, so that back wall, pushing it all the way back to where the the bathrooms are now, and moving the bathrooms over here to where the youth room and the nursing mom's room is. That would add about sixty chairs times two because we would stick with two services. So it's a decent number of seats. 
but it creates some issues. We lose this space where our middle school students are right now, so we've got to find a place for them at 11 because if they stay in the service, then they're just taking up the chairs that we created. And then also, we're not sure what it would do to our children. If we create space for more adults, our history is that uh, at least some of the new adults who come will have children. And so then have we have we wound up shooting ourselves in the foot with Pathfinders because now we're loading more kids in. So that, that option hadn't gotten a lot of traction, but that is something that we looked at. And we also we looked around at some different buildings. We looked at Waddell Street, which is back here. If you remember, we looked at that about three years ago. It's for sale for about $1.8 million. It's 18,000 square feet. We looked at the old Lemon Street School over here on Lemon Street. Um, it's about 13,000 square feet. We'd have to We'd have to demolish it and start from scratch. And it's not really for sale. We'd have to petition Marietta City Schools to even see about buying that. And then we looked at the warehouse, which is over here on um, Powder Springs across from First Methodist. It's that corrugated tin buildings where First Press youth used to meet. You know what I'm talking about? And so that, that's for rent. We can move in there tomorrow. Um, the, we talked to the guy. He was super nice, and he's looking to put somebody in there. It's about 15000 square feet, but we'd have to put a decent bit of money in it to get it where we want. And just for a point of reference, we have about 11,000 square feet now, so I don't even know if it's worth it to do that um, for just that, for 4,000 more square feet for how much money we most likely would have to put in um, to the spot. So those are things that are out there. None of those doors have necessarily been closed completely, but we're not really feeling a whole lot in terms of leading from the Lord. So I'd encourage y'all, if you wouldn't mind, um, just to be praying for that. We go to the next one. So kind of moving forward, what we're going to do, the administrative elders asked me if I'd pull together a group of folks who would look for space. And I said, okay, so I'm going to do that. Um, If that's your thing, if you love looking at empty buildings, then call me. And we'll and and you'll be the team. So that's how we'll do that. See, I don't know how else to do it. I don't think that's a spiritual gift. And so it's just if you like that, then and you're that's part of your daily thing where you maybe drive around or you have that type of either connections or what you know. If that's you, then it's you. And just let me know, and we'll I'll meet with you, and we'll figure out what this team needs to look like. And I would say just for full disclosure. That's not an aggressive deal for me. I'm not looking. We have seven years left on our lease here. We can get out of it, but it would cost um, it cost us a year uh, rent to move out. And even more than that, I really feel like the Lord wants us on the square, and it gives me heartburn to think about moving away. So I would need pretty clear revelation to say, yeah, we need to do that. Not, it's not impossible. I don't need an angel to show up, but I would need some pretty strong leading that says, and I would want confirmation from the body, as well as leadership, to say, hey, this is the right thing for us to do. But I want to be faithful to what people are asking us to do, and so we need to keep our ears open and see what's out there. And Maybe there will be something that pops up um, where we know God is saying, hey, this is what's next for you. So in terms of addition, we're gonna, we'll, we'll do that. And again, let me know if that's, you want to be a part of that group. And then um, I'm just continuing to ask the Lord if the third service is the right thing for us. I don't It's hard for me to get excited about it, but I don't want to be stubborn. I want to ask the Lord and make sure I'm saying, is this what you want for us? We tend to have an influx of people in January, and so we've got to figure out 
something um, to make room for them. And we're trying to talk about some creative solutions for that. Multiplication will continue to pursue church planters. If you know some, give me their names and I'll call them. I'm happy to meet with anybody who feels like that's stirring in their heart. If it's you, then absolutely, I'd love to talk with you about that also. Um, next semester, we're going to do another, it's called FIT, where we're going to focus on how do you figure out what God's calling on your life is, what your deal is, and then how do you figure out where God is calling you to live that out? What's your Marietta? And so if that's something that's interesting to you, um, you'll hear more about that when we launch small groups in the spring, but that will be coming. And then the last thing, this is, uh, this is a shift for me in the last few weeks. Kind of my personal commitment to y'all is I'm trying to create a ministry structure. I put that in quotes because structure for me is not structure for you, for many of you, um, because I'm very averse to structure. And I've kind of, the Lord's been working on me the past few weeks about that. And I've realized for me, when I hear structure, all I hear is replacement for following the Lord, replacement for listening to God. Well, I don't have to listen to God. I don't need to be led by the Spirit because I have this process in place that's worked so well for the past 78 years and that's that's negative but that's the way I've always perceived structure is it's a replacement or a crutch I don't have to listen to the Lord anymore and so we've obviously as the leader of the church you've been here a while we don't have a whole lot of structure unless you're in pathfinders Penny has very clear structure and no nobody else does and that's that's me. That's on me for sure um, about that. And I've been thinking about that. And the Lord has been working in my heart to say, listen, it's not structure can be an expression of hospitality. It's a way of welcoming people in. It's a way of helping people feel safe and secure. It's a way of helping people know where they are and where you want them to go. It doesn't have to be a replacement for listening to me, unless you just choose to make it that. So I've kind of been working through this whole idea of what does it look like to create structure. And one of the things I've realized about myself, I, I you have that little thing down there. That's my, that's rough. I'm a permission guy. So all I want is permission to do something and then I'm going to do it. I don't need a whole lot more than that. And then I think some people are parameters people. They want permission and they want some parameters. So, Penny, I want you to start a children's ministry. That's permission. Penny, I want you to start a children's ministry, and I want there to be a small group element, and I want there to be a large group element. That's parameters. Plan. Penny, I want you to start a children's ministry. I want there to be a large group element. I want there to be a small group element. I want you to divide the kids up in these ways. I want you talking, teaching this base, about these Four or five things. That's a plan. I was talking to somebody the other day. He's helping me lead something. And he was doing a breakout group. And he called Kim and said, can you get David to give me a script for my breakout group? And Kim told me that. And I said, who wants a script? He's a spirit-filled guy. He knows, like, what, why do, who, wants a, who wants a script? I had lunch with him. And I said to him, I was like, who wants a script? And he said, 70% of the people in your congregation want a script. And I said, and he's not an exaggerator. And we talked about that, and he's kind of a Myers-Briggs guy, and he said 70% of people want a plan. And so I'm way over there on permission, and 70% of the people are way over there on plan, and it creates, it's created a gap that I've realized. It's created a gap where if, you're, if all you want is permission, 
then you probably have thrived here because I give it very freely. I think I'm good at that. Very few times do I say no to anything. If you say, this is what I feel like God is calling me to do, I almost always say yes. If you say, this is what I think you should do, I almost always say no. But if it's for you, absolutely. I say, absolutely, how can I help? I feel like I'm good at that. And if that's all you need, you've probably thrived here. If you're someone who wants more of a plan, probably been difficult for you to figure out what ex- how you talk all the time about doing your deal. I don't know how to I need a step to do that. And so I'm, my commitment is to try to again, it's not going to be structure for some of you. it won't be structure compared to pathfinders, but for us as adults it will be more. And so that's kind of my goal moving forward for the next 6 months is to try to create some type of ministry structure that helps people know this is where you are. This is where we want you to go if you want to go there. If not, that's up to you. And here are the steps that you can take. And here's what you can expect along the way. For many of you, that's Church 101. That's graduate level for me to start to do that type of stuff. But that's my commitment to try. My hope is not to do that to make us a better church. That's never been my goal. My hope is that as we create this structure that will help more people recognize what God has given to them and will help more people feel realize, hey, I've got something I can give away to other people. So to me, my hope is that this structure increases some momentum in terms of multiplication. Does that make sense? Good. So we've got a couple of minutes, and I've shared a ton. Do any of you have any questions about anything that I've shared or that other guys shared? Space, services, things we're doing. I don't want there to be any confusion. And if there's anything, I'd rather not take comments. You can share those with me after. But if you have questions, I would love to try to answer them if I can. Or y'all might have questions about something other than what I shared. Anything? Yeah, Tom. Yeah, so what he asked is, if we plan a church, will it be on the square? We're part of a network. There's seven churches in our network, and there's a board. It's called the Transformation Network, and there's a board, and I'm a part of that board. And that board, in conjunction with the church planter, determine the location. So that's not a decision. That's not necessarily my decision. I can help, but ultimately we want somebody to go where they feel called. Um, our target area is what we call the northwest metro area. So that's Cobb, Cherokee, probably Bartow. Um, There's some talk about maybe doing a church in Cartersville, which is not going to help us at all. I would think around, I I would be fine if we had a church somewhere else around the square. But that's, I'm not saying that's all that we're going for. Yes, Drew? So what I'm just I'm repeating your question because we're recording. He said, what was um, the most important thing, either growing the church or staying on the square? So it depends on who you ask, but you're asking me. So uh, I don't know. I've never I've never been a big fan of growth for the sake of growth. And I still am not 
a fan of growth for the sake of growth. You know, you can kind of do the default healthy things grow, and I, I think we're healthy, and I think that's probably the reason that we've seen growth. But um, it would be difficult for me to move solely in order to grow. That would, I'd need some pretty clear direction to do that. So at this point, it's more important for me that we maintain our presence on the square. There's this kind of, uh, it's this nebulous, it's, it's unquantifiable. I don't know how us physically being here affects the spiritual climate of this area. I think it does, but I don't know, I don't know how to measure that. And if we suddenly weren't here, I don't know what that would do. I don't know how that would impact our ability to influence the spiritual climate of the area if we weren't here. When I read the Bible, there's tons of names of places. And so to me, ministry is local. It's where, where your feet are. So it's difficult for me to think we would be as effective in terms of affecting a spiritual atmosphere if we weren't physically present. But that may not be the case. Yes, Charlene. Yes. Yeah. So what Charlene asked was how much freedom we have versus accountability with the network. Um, I personally am accountable to the network. If I was going to be disciplined or fired, the network board would be the people that do that. But as a church, we're an independent church. And so we get to make our own decisions. Who else? Is the Christmas Eve offering designated? Uh, at least partially. We always do at least half of it for our long-term missionaries, and sometimes we do 100% to our long-term missionaries. So I would, right now, we haven't, we haven't discussed it, but at least half of it will go to our long-term missionaries, and maybe all. Just as far as the space issue for, like, say, middle schoolers or older houses. Yes. So the question was, are there other places we can send our middle schoolers or um, elementary school kids on Sunday morning? Yes, we have talked about, we talked to um, the guy, Jimmy, who has um, the vacant building two stores up, but he's starting to do renovations, so that's out for us. Obviously, the deli is in use um, on Sunday. We haven't talked to any of the people behind us. We don't know how, we, we, I hadn't thought of it. I don't know how parents would feel about take their kids going back there, but we have talked about maybe talking to some other restaurants on our block that are open or that are closed on Sunday. Who else? What? Who? Chris Palace? Chris Palace? Actually, you answered my question. Thanks, Good. Pretty smart. I can do that sometimes. <laughs> Who else? Do you want me to answer the next question with, before it's asked? Interesting. <laughs> there you go. That's good. Who else? Yes, Chrissy. Yeah. Do we have a sense that people would go with the church plant? I certainly hope so. Otherwise, it won't be a church plant. So, 
our experience as a network is normally, it's about 2 to 3% of the congregation seems to go. So we, we have probably about 500 people in our church. My, my hope would, I would love if 50 people would go, but that may be, that may not happen. Um, but if it was less than 30, it would be very difficult for somebody to get that off the ground. So they, they can recruit from our other churches and whatever their personal network is. So they may be able to get to that kind of 40, 50 number a different way. But I would do a backflip if we could have that many. But some of that, I mean, there are lots of factors, obviously, involved in that. Yes. So she she's asking about Sojourn. That's Ernie Wagner's church. They're on. They meet at the Lutheran Church on Roswell Road. If you just keep going down Roswell Road. I think it's called Church of the Incarnation. It's on the right. So, so they meet there. And right now they meet Sundays at five. And starting in January they're going to move to Sunday morning. So they're church, they're they're growing. They're growing slowly, but they're they probably have eighty adults now, and they're seeing some momentum. And then next closest to us is River City in Smyrna, and they're doing very well. They meet uh, some rented space in the Market Village in Smyrna. Peter and Masha are starting a church called Arise, and they're looking at near Kennesaw State. So they're still meeting at Riverstone on Saturday nights. They haven't moved to Sundays yet. Any other questions? Yes. So would my preference be if we move to a bigger space to have one service or stay with two? I mean, ideally one, but that's a pretty big room. We would we run about between 3.30 and 3.40 right now between our two services on Sunday. So we would need room for that many adults plus all of the kids. So you're looking at a pretty significant space to be able to house all of those at once. So it wouldn't be a deal breaker to me if we still had to stick with two services. Anything else? Nothing? Y'all are wonderful. All right, I'm going to pray, and then you guys are free to go. Uh, y'all can, don't forget your dishes, wherever those are, and your serving things. If you brought those, that would be great. God, do thank you for these folks. Um, I thank you that you, I think, I don't, not arrogantly at all, I feel like you've built this church. I feel like that's something that you've done, that you've built this house. And I thank you so much for that. All the way back to our first days together as a family. God, you have so faithfully uh, built us, nurtured us, brought us people who we need, sent people out from here all over the world. I was thinking about that today. We can't find a church planner, but we certainly can send some missionaries out. And they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And we thank you for that. And God, I thank you that your desire um, is to draw as many men and women to yourself as will say yes. And I thank you that your desire is to see our community reflect your glory, your values, as much as possible this side of Jesus' return. And I thank you that you've asked us to cooperate with you in that. So whatever we can do, we say yes. Whatever we can do to participate with you, God, we're in. Our kids, our students, 
are adults, if it's organizational, if it's personal, we're in. And so, God, I pray, I thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for this church. And I pray that you just you give us grace to continue to be faithful uh, to what you're saying to us moving forward. In Jesus' name, amen.